We're back, and I'm pleased to say we're continuing this conversation with one of the most remarkable women I know, well, one of the most remarkable people I know, specifically a freedom fighter on behalf of the only military we have. Her name is Elaine Donnelly. And Elaine, I wanted to just make clear that what you've just described in terms of the kinds of personnel appointments that are in the offing for senior positions in the Defense Department is of a piece with appointments that have already been made, starting, as you mentioned earlier, with Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, and uh, Bishop Garrison, one of the guys that he's got appointed and running this uh, countering extremism initiative. Uh, um, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, appointed under Donald Trump, unfortunately, to that post, but continued under this administration. Um, these are people with very problematic agendas, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, those who are respectful of the military, who value it, who appreciate in particular the culture, um, the, 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 the virtues uh, that are embedded in our military and that we need it to have if it is to be effective as a warfighting force, which is its only job for heaven's sakes. Those are things that need to be protected from people who would uh, engage in what I think of as a wrecking operation in the uh, in the Pentagon at the hands of these kinds of appointees. The nominees that you've mentioned are awaiting Senate confirmation, I take it, and what are the chances that they will be fought in that appointment process? The same chances that we everyone said that the defense bill was going to pass last year. We thought it was. We thought we were, you know, it was over, but guess what? The, some leadership stepped up, both the House and Senate, and purged out of that defense bill the worst parts, including an endorsement of critical race theory, uh, diversity uh, mandates, also draft our daughters to include women in selective service, to change the definition of selective service. All of those things were very bad. We worked very hard. We got them stripped out, even in the current uh, configuration of Congress. So what we need to do is encourage leadership like that. Senator Tom Cotton and his staff, uh, they've done a marvelous job in, in looking at readiness issues. Uh, one of these nominees, Franklin Parker, was asked about the readiness report that Senator Cotton and uh, some House members had done about why do we have ships colliding in the night? Uh, why do we have fires on uh, a battleship? Why do we have submarines running into mountains? And it turned out this nominee hadn't even read the report but he's all about diversity. These kinds, this kind of leadership needs to be encouraged, and we need to choose our next president very carefully, because the next president is going to have the the responsibility to undo much of the damage that has been done. Elaine, let me just say that wasn't an accident that the leadership stepped up and that the worst of that bill was stripped out. That's a great credit to you and the hard work that you and the Center for Military Readiness did, among others, to ensure that the public was aware of what was being done. And members of Congress responded uh, to that, uh, I think, aroused public as they should. And in this case, they need to as well. And I commend you for your efforts to expose uh, the agenda as well as the uh, the likelihood that it would be implemented from within the Pentagon if these kinds of people actually make it uh, through the nomination and now confirmation process. Let me just ask you more broadly, Elaine. Um, there was a recent poll that was very troubling that suggested that 
an awful lot of Americans would not defend our country in the event it were uh, to be subjected to an attack like Ukraine has been. Um, you've done some deep diving in terms of uh, some of the uh, internals, as they call them, of the, the poll. Uh, what did you take away from that? And more to the point, what must we be doing now to help protect our military against this war from the Biden team? Well, the poll, I, I had suspected we were not getting the whole story from that poll done by Quinnipiac. And I looked at the internals and guess what? Turns out that 70% of the men said they would stay and fight in this poll compared to 40% of the women. Now that's a big difference. And you're seeing it right now in Ukraine. The men with broken hearts are taking their family to the border and separating from them and going back to fight. The women are also suffering in this war. They are taking care of their children, aged parents. They are very courageous. They are doing everything they can. They're making bombs. They're talking to the world on international TV. What we see here is a division between men and women and their roles, and no one has commented on the fact of how brave those men are. Now, I think that's, that is something that is a sign of civilization. The other part of the poll, 24% of men said they would leave the country as opposed to 52% of the women. Well, if you're a mother with small children, you're gonna take those children and try to save them and get out of that country, wouldn't you? Now, I'm not alarmed by that at all, but I am alarmed by the, the lesser uh, level of men in the younger generation. Why is that? I think critical race theory is a threat because it teaches young people and young men in particular that our military is not a suitable um, role for them, that our country is not worth defending, that we have systemic racism that is so, so historically bad that who would want to defend a country like the United States? The project 1619 project uh, that uh, President Trump tried to get rid of from education in the military as well as in civilian schools. That is a threat to military readiness long term. We need to teach patriotism in the schools. We do. Yes, we should. And 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 encourage it in the United States military too, of course. This is the point of having men and women who are willing to put their lives on the line. And I just have to say, and Lynn, this is a topic for a longer conversation than we can have today with you, but uh, the extent to which women choose to try to protect their families by getting them out of harm's way and men choose to fight is a, a point that I think is at the core of men, many of the efforts you've made over the years to try to make sure that men are the people doing the fighting for us in uniform as well. Elaine Donnelly, thank you for these insights into the war on our military. We Appreciate the way efforts you're making to wage and fight back against it. Thanks to the rest of you for joining us for this edition of Securing America. I hope you feel better equipped to do just that and that you will go to our website, securingamerica.tv, for more. And then go forth and multiply.